Well, good morning, everyone. Oh, guess not. Okay, so we'll, we'll keep going. Maybe, maybe later tonight we'll do that again. Hey, can we, uh, can we pray and we'll jump into this? Father, we pause before we speak to you, for you are God. And you know everything about us. And how often do we just jump into a list of what you should be doing to fix our stuff instead of pausing to reflect on who you are and to praise and to pray to you in a manner worthy of you. So God, we thank you for your holiness and your perfection. We thank you for your love and compassion and forgiveness. God, we thank you that you're perfect. And now, Holy Spirit, I pray that as we open your word, that you would soften hearts, all of ours, that all of us would come before you with humility, myself included, God. I don't want a personal agenda. I don't want a personal opinion to ever come out of my mouth when I'm teaching your word, but only the truth of your scriptures. And so, Father, I pray you would reveal anything that we know about you is because of your revelation. I pray that you would reveal to us truth. And God, for those who are here that love you and just can't get enough of you, I pray that you would take us deeper, that you'd even confront and convict us of things that we're missing, knowing that it's all for our good. God, for those who have uh, been part of a church, and maybe they're just kind of bored with you a little bit right now, Father, I pray that this morning would awaken them. God, for those who are here that don't believe in you, don't really want to have anything to do with you, even if they do believe in you. Father, I pray and I thank you that your desire for them is the same, that you would bring them to a point of seeing who you really are, that you would change and transform their life and bring them to Jesus. So God, I pray for your blessing on this time. We pray this in Jesus' name and everyone who agrees says, amen. Can you imagine him as he's getting ready to write his story? He'd been with Jesus for three years and yet he didn't start this story right after Jesus ascended. But he's trying to figure out the best way to start it off. So maybe he wrote down one statement and says, no, no, that's not it. Throws that part away. Writes down the next one, no, that's not it. Once upon a time, no, that's not it, because it's got to be bigger than that. And all of a sudden, it hits him. In the beginning. So you look at John chapter 1, verse 1, that's how he starts off his gospel. In the beginning... And everyone who read that, who had known the Old Testament, would automatically jump to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God. Guys, it's so important. Those, those four first words of our Bible is so important. Why? Because when the beginning began, God already was. You can sit there and go, that doesn't make any sense. It absolutely does. If I was a writer and I wrote a novel... And I say that there's a time frame in which that novel was written. Like I'm saying, this is a story. It, was t- it took place in 1832. I'm the author outside of that time. I've always existed compared to that book. So it does make sense. In the beginning, God. Well, who is this God? And followers of Jesus, I'm starting to think that maybe we've kind of turned him into something that he's not supposed to be. It's much easier to approach a God who's more like us because then we don't really have to give him all that much. We come up with phrases like, oh, Jesus is my homeboy. 
And I wonder when we say things like that, and yes, he is friend, but when angelic beings look upon him in all of his glory, do you think that they're just going, homeboy? Because in Isaiah 6, they're saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. All the earth is full of his glory. These angelic, fiery beings, that's what a seraphim is. It's, it's an angel that's on fire. Guys, I'm just convinced. If something's on fire and they like it, that's terrifying. They just see them going, ah, I'm kind of cold, and they're on fire. It's freaking me out. And they have one screaming to the other, holy, holy, holy. It's not, they're not saying love, love, love. Oh, forgive, forgive, forgive. All the nice attributes that we like. And guys, don't get me wrong. We're going to get into those. But when they look upon him, he is so different than us. And he's so beyond our ability to comprehend. Why? Guys, think about it. Do you really want to give your life up for something or someone that is no better than you? I mean, to lay down everything, to say I have no rights, nothing belongs to me, my whole life is about you. But guys, if they're no more impressive than us, why would I do that? And yet I wonder, I wonder how many of you would actually do that for some other infallible or fallible person, and not just a person who makes mistakes. How many of you are changing who you are to fit their narrative of you? That they'll notice you more. But what if we actually lived according to what this God said? Guys, there's actually this thing called the cosmological argument, and I'll be honest, I'm not the sharpest tack in the box. Guys, I got an 880 on my SATs. Thank you for the laughter, that's great. That always makes you feel fantastic. Someone's like, wow, what an idiot. We're pretty much right on, thank you. I think you get 400 points just for putting your name on it. Nailed that part, I knew how to do that. But the rest of it, uh, B, B, B. I, just, I didn't know, <laughs> I'm just not the smartest guy. So some of this stuff, is, somebody sit there and go, I know more about this than you do. You probably do. But at least the parts that I think that are important, the cosmologic argument is this. Time, matter, and space all had a beginning. They have not always been around. Time, matter, and space, this is what scientists agree upon, or at least the majority of them do. The time, matter, and space all had a beginning. But here's the thing. How do you get something from absolutely nothing? There's no way. I mean, if, I don't know how this came up in a conversation, but hearing a little five-year-old trying to grasp this, it's like, hey, everything started from nothing. And the five-year-old's like, what doesn't make sense? How do you get something from nothing? And then those smart people go, oh, well, and whatever we're talking about. And the kid's like, nah, I don't like that. Guys, I'm even watching, I'm watching videos about scientists going, well, we just don't know how that happened yet. And yet I think we do. We just don't like to be submissive to anything that's in charge. Because in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Guys, there's also this thing called the teleological argument. It means that there's, there's this appearance of purpose and design in the universe that points to a designer. Guys, the way that the universe works, the, there's seven constants about how the universe works. They all work perfectly. Guys, do you realize if we were any further away from the sun, we would die? Any closer, we would die. It is so finely tuned that if one little tiny thing is off, the whole thing implodes or explodes on itself. And we just sit there and go, yeah, but whatever. But did you see that YouTube video? Isn't it amazing that we're more impressed by people who make sweet little, sweet little videos in their mama's basement, but not the God of the universe who created everything? See, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and he said, let there be light. 
And you're like, I do that every morning. I flip the switch. That's flipping a switch of something that's already been created. And do you really walk in going, Psh, I'm amazing? <laughs> of course not. Guys, the speed of light is 186,000 miles per second. 186,000 miles per second. That's solid. That's the best way to travel. How many of you wish that you could have been there when God said, let there be light? You could have been there when he started creation. Anybody? Think about it. Because what if when he said, let there be light, it exploded out of the mouth of God and your head is just ripped off? Like we always picture it's just nice and cozy. God is so comfortable. He's not comfortable. He's terrifying. He says, let there be light. Boom. It explodes at 186,000 miles per second. It says that out of, out of the breath of God, Psalm 33, out of the breath of God came all the starry hosts. That means when God exhaled, the sun popped out. Guys, that's impressive. Like you exhale, people will back up. It's like, oh, you got, you got attacked by stank. Like, what is that? When God exhales, the sun pops out. That means the closest that we can get to the exhale of God is 93 million miles. Any closer and we would be dead. And you can fit 1.3 million earths inside the sun. Have you ever just gone outside to stare at the sun? Anybody ever done that? Don't raise your hand because that's weird. Oh, there you go. You're that guy. Okay, so, guys, that's as close as we can get. And then there's the sun, and then there's the nine planets around the sun. I know they keep debating about Pluto. I don't know what it is with Pluto. Just leave him alone. It's like, oh, he's too small. Shut up. He's bigger than you. He's fine. Let him be part of the crew. So you have the sun and the nine planets, but right now on this planet, we're spinning at 1,000 miles an hour. Do you feel it? I hope not. <laughs> that would be like the worst existence. You're just sitting there going, I just want to throw up all the time. This is horrible. We're going 1,000 miles an hour. And while we're, while we're, going around, while we're spinning at 1,000 miles an hour, we're going around the sun at 66,000 miles an hour. And while all that is happening, the sun and the nine planets are all going around the nucleus of the Milky Way galaxy at 540,000 miles an hour. That's what's happening right now. What makes you think that you're in control of anything? We're just hoping we don't crash. Guys, our Milky Way galaxy has about 300 to 350 billion stars just in our Milky Way galaxy. And our Milky Way galaxy is one of about, well, hundreds of billions of different galaxies in the known universe. And the Bible says that God measures the universe with the span of his hand. Just our Milky Way galaxy, guys, it is so wide. It's kind of like a pancake. It is so wide. If you go from one end to the other, it'll take you about 120,000 light years. That means you go 186,000 miles per second for 120,000 years, and you'll make it. The worst family vacation ever. Just constantly going, are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. Shut up. We're, are we there yet? No. We'll never be there. 120,000 years at 186,000 miles per second. And God measures it like this. He's like, that's like that big. So when's the last time you told that God what to do? Isn't it amazing how quickly we jump to this idea that he's like the barista at Starbucks? He puts on that sweet green apron. We walk up. We say some weird language to order our drink. I don't, I'm not a coffee drinker. You're like, oh, you're like your little kid. I am. I don't, I don't know what happened to me. I don't like coffee, but I'll sit in there and get water. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm listening to, can I get the, why can't you just call it large or medium? I, I, don't, I still don't know which one's which. Grande, that sounds like massive, but tall, 
Shut up. It doesn't matter. So I'm listening to people as they're explaining their drinks, and it takes half an hour for them to go through it. And it's like, oh, make sure there's no foam. No foam. No, no. I'm trying to watch it. Okay. <laughs> and so have you ever ordered, and then the next person behind you orders, and they get their drink before you? <gasps> Persecution at its finest, friends. You're just saying, Lord, give me strength. I know this is of the devil. <laughs> I know he's trying to bring me down. But of course, and if you're wearing something that shows Jesus, I'm a Christian, like a shirt or something, it's like, oh, no, it's okay. I'm showing patience because I'm supposed to. But inside, I'm pissed. But if the person behind them gets it before you, oh, that's it. The crusade is coming. I'm coming. I'm bringing you down. But sometimes don't we picture Jesus like that? God, I asked you twice. And I've been waiting like 12 minutes, and you haven't done anything. So why don't you finally, instead of us pulling back and going, who am I speaking to? Who is he? Guys, when I think of this God and what he does and what he's like, guys, even the heavens, it's Psalm 19, 1 and 2, the heavens declare the glory of God. The sky above proclaims his handiwork. Guys, you ever looked up at the sky at night and seen stars? Well, not Southern California people. We have like four stars. It's, it doesn't work. And one of them's like blinking red. You're like, shooting star. I love you, Jesus. Look at the beauty. Boop, 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 boop. The Southwest plane going by. That's it. That's the glory of the Lord. I feel it. I just had this spiritual awakening. That's it. And they're just landing in the airport next to you. I'm talking about maybe here while you're here if you don't get to see more than four stars. Sometime at night, just go where there's not a, light, a lot of light around you and just look up and God just like, I breathe that out. And the universe is declaring the glory of God. I mean, just look and go, you like you just put all those things together. Guys, you realize that our earth weighs, and I don't understand these numbers, 13 septillion, 170 sextillion pounds. I don't know what that, I think that's the national debt, but I don't know. <laughs> okay, I just want to see if you're with me. Okay, so let me try to put this in perspective. Here's, here's how the numbers go. So 13 septillion, 170 sextillion. It goes millions, billions, trillions, quadrillions, quintillions, sextillions, septillions. I don't have a clue how they figured that out. Like, I don't know, let's just make up a number. Guys, and then everything in it, a caterpillar. Are you, aren't you impressed by a caterpillar? Thank you. There's like one person. Thank you. Who said it? Who said it? Yes. Guys, this thing goes from a caterpillar, turns into goo, and then turns out to be a butterfly. Done nothing for you, huh? <laughs> Guys, you realize there's 228 distinct muscles in the head of a caterpillar? I know, right? And whose cruddy job was it to find that out? Imagine that guy at home going, babe, today's the day. I'm counting the muscles in the head of a caterpillar. That's what I've been waiting for my whole life. Went to college for this moment. Shows up to work. People are lining the hallway. They're like, this is it. I know. High five, and as they go, here we go. One, two, 
at number 200. Someone bumps his chair. What the? One, two. Guy's 228 distinct muscles in the head of a caterpillar. Do you realize there's dozens of different types of tomatoes? I thought there were two. Organic and non-organic. Like, that's all I knew. And really only know one because it's on an In-N-Out burger. That's all I got. And I said, they're going, what do you need dozens of different types of tomatoes for? Because God can do it. Do you guys realize that there are hundreds of different types of bananas? Again, two. Organic, non-organic, that's all I knew. Why do we need hundreds of different types? How about a zebra? You impressed by a zebra? A little bit? Guys, I never knew this. I read this a little bit ago. Did you know when mama, mama zebra gives birth to baby zebra, mama will then take baby zebra away from the rest of the crew? What do they call those? <laughs> Horde? Whatever they are. Okay, so they, they all walk away. She'll take them away for a few months. Why? So that the zebra, this is what they say. I don't know how they figured it out. So the zebra can memorize her stripes. Guys, that makes sense. Because can you imagine baby comes out, mama just, maybe she goes to get a drink when she's done. It's been a hard day. <laughs> and then baby's like, mom, are you my mom? I'm a guy. Oh, sorry. How about a hippo? Did God sneeze in the middle of that one? <laughs> Does anybody remember the game Hungry Hungry Hippo? Anybody? Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad because I love that because it's before apps. Like, you, but here's, here's, this is us old people thinking of ways to have fun. Guys, we're going to make this board game. Bunch of hippo heads. I like where you're going with this so far. You're going to have a lever. You're going to put marbles in the middle and you just start beating the crud out of that sucker. <laughs> So it's going to scoop it in? Yes. <gasps> no one's ever done that before. We're the first ones. Guys, do you realize that there are more people that are killed to death by hippos than by lions every year? And I blame that game. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, I love hungry, hungry hippo. Come, come, come here. So bam. Oh, that didn't work out right. But he makes a zebra, he makes caterpillars, he makes hippos. Do you realize there's over 60 different species of eagles? I just thought there were two. The bald eagle and all the rest. I don't know. <laughs> Guys, do you realize the grip strength of an eagle is 10 times that of a human? Wow, you're moved by that, but not the caterpillar. Okay. <laughs> Let me just talk to these guys. The grip strength, let me say it one more time. He's like, I'll write this down. This changed my life. The grip strength of the eagle is 10 times that of the human. And their eyesight is eight times greater than ours. Guys, an eagle can see a rabbit as clear as day from two miles away. A rabbit could just be sitting there going, life is good. And the eagle from two miles away going, lunch. I'm coming in. Guys, God made all of this. He made the hawk. He made the squirrel. He made an elephant, a giraffe, trees, dirt, rock. You're like, there's nothing impressive about dirt. You make it. You got to start from nothing, though. And then you look at our bodies. 
Guys, right now in your body, you have about 75 trillion cells. Every three seconds, 50,000 of those cells will die out and be replaced by 50,000 new ones. And you're just sitting there. You're not making it happen. You're not trying to make it happen. You're not saying, I better kill off 50,000. Done. Build back. It just happens. Guys, if I take the DNA strand out of one of your cells and I stretch it out, it'll be about six feet long. The DNA is pretty much the blueprint of who you are, what you look like, like how much hair you have. Mine, mine didn't make it into that. <laughs> how short your legs are, or how gargantuan long giraffe legs you will be. How much you sweat, how much you don't. Do you have a sense of humor? Nope. Like God's. Guys, if I take all the DNA out of my, I'll do my body, that sounds weird. If I take all the DNA out of all the, all the cells in my body and tie it end to end, friends, that's enough DNA to go from here to the moon and back 178,000 times. So when the Bible says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, it's true. Guys, when you look into the mirror, God's like, you're a walking miracle. Guys, you have about 100,000 miles of blood vessels in your body. That's enough blood vessels to go around the earth four times. And our brains... Guys, your brain, and I don't understand all this stuff, your brain has about 100 billion neurons. They're like little lightning bolt transmitter receiver processors. About 100 billion of them. And each neuron fires about 200 times per second. Then each neuron connects to about 1,000 other neurons. So do the math. 100 billion neurons times 200 firings per second times 1,000 connections each. This equals 20 quadrillion bits of information transmitted every second. That's, wow, that's what's happening right now in your mind while you sit there. Guys, this is mind-blowing. And you start going from the body and like what God did in creation, and you start thinking, okay, God created knowledge. God created music. Guys, God created creativity. Who loves the arts? Guys, you realize that God is the one who created them? He created colors. He created sounds. Those of you who are like the brains, you just love all that stuff that's all logical. Do you realize that God is the one who created engineering? That word created that he says that God created the heavens and the earth, it means to create with purpose and in order. That God put it all together perfectly. He also created humor. Guys, just think about that for a second. Isn't it fun to laugh? Isn't it just fun to laugh? You ever laugh so hard you thought you were going to explode? Yeah. Right? You ever heard somebody that laughs, they just have an incredible laugh? Like once they start laughing, you're kind of going, I need more of that. I need you to massage my soul with your laughter. And then have you ever met the person who's, <laughs> they don't have that kind of laugh? <laughs> like when they start to laugh, it's almost like, we need to pray for an exorcism right now. <laughs> Come, let's lay hands. Let's, go, let's lay hands on this person and whoever's in it. You ever notice how many different types of laughter there is? Aren't you thankful for that? Can you imagine? I, I've, I've used this before as an example. But let's all just, on the count of three, let's all just do this as our laugh. As if we all laugh the same one. On the count of three, just, just do this. Ha, ha, ha. And then go silent. Go, not yet. I haven't counted to three. Gosh. Okay, here. And don't be that person that makes the noise after. There's always that one. 
Mm -mm. Okay, so on the count of three. Ha, ha, ha. Ready? One, two, three. <laughs> there it is. Okay, I heard it. That's good. Guys, you imagine that's how someone says something. Ha, ha, ha. But all of a sudden, we just start losing it. And if you've ever been in a mixed company, ladies, I'm going to give you a warning. If you, ever say like, if you ever say something like this and guys are in the, in the company with you, you know, a bunch of friends hanging out and you say something and you're just laughing like crazy and you say, stop, 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 I'm going to pee my pants. Every guy sits and looks. We don't have to say a word, but this is what we're saying to one another. Challenge accepted. <laughs> you will leave with wet pants today. That's what's going to happen. Guys, God made, God made taste buds. God made all of this. The way he wanted it, he created it. He is so good and so great. And it is so easy for us to look at him and go, why don't you just do this better? Why don't you do this better? And yet some of you can't even keep your rooms clean. Or if you drive, your trunk looks like another closet. So you'll look at God because he's not what? He's not, he's not in control. No, he's in control. Because he's not doing the things that you want him to do? No, that's not the truth. It's because he's not doing it the way that you want it done. Because at some point, you actually believe that you became God. And you actually think that for some reason, God, I'll take that just so I can. Guys, don't, it's just. It's just my back. Don't worry about it. <clears throat> Here we go. Yo, 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 yo. You ready for this? Ready? Here comes the white boy. Oh, okay, I got a little bit. Not as much as I was hoping, but I needed a little bit more bass. It's okay. My, next time. My bad. Guys, at some point, we actually think that God is what? He's, he's created for us, which he has in no beginning. He's created for us because he's, his job is to make us as comfortable as possible. Guys, that is not his job. Guys, his number one goal is that he receives glory. It is not so that I'm as comfortable as possible and I get to heaven and I see him. Guys, he gets glory over everything. I think the reason that for some of you, if you're here saying, I don't believe in God, or I hate God, this is my guess. And I would love to talk to you. If you see me around here, let's have a nice, casual conversation. I'm not looking for a big old debate. But let's just have a conversation. I think a lot of it falls on, at some point, you think that God failed you. And so it's easy to push him away, to say, I don't believe, or I don't want him, than to actually go to him and deal with it. Because haven't you gotten the words before? Have any of you have a friend or a family when they had to tell you, I have cancer? That's hard, isn't it? And I remember when my wife had to call me when I was at work and tell me that. So guys, please don't look and go, well, you don't have any issues. I've got so many issues. I'm so jacked up. I, guys, when I was 17, I was sitting right about here, third row. That's when I made my only decision for Jesus. I used to think the person up front, man, no problems, no issues, they're perfect, they're walking with Christ, they don't struggle. Guys, I'm here to tell you, not true. We're all in process trying to figure things out. But it's not just about us, we go to whom? We go to Jesus. Guys, here's some descriptors about God. 
He's the infinite in being in perfection. He is unchangeable, immeasurable, holy, immense, just, eternal, awesome, incomprehensible, almighty, most absolute, working all things to the counsel of his own immutable and most righteous will for his own glory. He's most loving, patient, righteous, ruler, savior, most gracious, most merciful, forgiving, beautiful, terrifying, long-suffering, majestic and glorious, divine, abundant in goodness and truth, compassionate, just, quick to forgive, punishes sin, all-powerful, all-knowing, great, good, most holy, most wise, most free, and God is truth. And we sit there and go, no, it's not fair that he gets to tell what's right and wrong, so therefore I'll just disagree. Guys, don't you think the one who created everything owns everything? Don't you think he has the right to make the rules? We gotta pull back, friends. We also have to accept the fact that if truth is just dependent on, upon what I feel or what I think, it's all me. I get to live my truth, you live your truth. Do you, do you not see how chaotic everything becomes? If that is the universal rule, then you can never be offended by anything that anyone says or does to you or around you because what they're living is their truth. And you can't speak anything to them if they offend or hurt you because that's their truth. Nor can they say it to you. And if we take that to everyone on the planet, a person who violently oppresses another people group because of what they look like or what they're about, you can't say anything to that person or those people because that's their truth. Do you see how it, all of society breaks down? You sit there and go, I don't see it. Seriously? Guys, I think we're just starting to see things begin to unravel. That is why truth has to be real. You may say, I just don't believe in absolute truth. There's no such thing as absolute truth. In that one statement, you just proved that you believe in absolute truth. To say that there is no absolute truth is an absolute truth statement. To say there's nothing as if it's fact is an absolute truth statement. So you absolutely do you just don't want to agree with truth. So what do we do? See, in Colossians chapter 1, if you have your Bibles, turn there. We're going to go there real quick. Colossians chapter 1. New Testament time, go past the Gospels. What's the phrase? Yeep, yep. Is that what you said? Yep, yep. There it is. I just, I can't, I'm not comfortable saying that. Yeah, there you go. <clears throat> Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. Friends, we come to Jesus because Jesus is God. He claimed to be God, the second person of the triune God. Chapter 1, verse 15, he says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. And someone said, they go, oh, see that word? It says firstborn. He was created. No, that word firstborn is also translated or maybe better translated as preexistent. The preexistent one, the preexistent of all creation, for by him, by Jesus, all things were created in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. Everything was created by Jesus and for Jesus. Verse 17, he's before all things, and in him all things hold together. 
Guys, you, re- you know the reason that we don't fly off when we're fly- flying at 540,000 miles an hour? is because Jesus holds all things together. Do you realize why society has it completely unraveled all across the world? Because Jesus holds all things together. There's this thing called common grace that God extends to every being on the, un- or on, on the planet. Every being on the planet is this common grace. And those in relationship with Christ, we have this very personal grace along top of common grace. But friends, can you imagine if God completely pulled out and just let us go? Friends, I'm convinced that the definition of hell is complete absence of God. To be completely separated from God. And there is this life and death thing that as followers of Jesus, guys, we don't have to worry about quote unquote hell. We don't have to worry about hell, separation from God for eternity. For those who say, I don't want God, then why would you want him for eternity? It's like, we should get to heaven. But God's the center of attention there. So yeah, I don't make it up and I'm not going to apologize for it. I used to treat God like the weird uncle in the family. You guys have that weird family member? You're like, mm. you're trying to introduce a friend to your family. It's like, oh, well, here's Uncle Jojo. Let me just warn you about Uncle Jojo. He's kind of weird. Guys, I'm not going to treat God like that. Why? He's supreme and sovereign. He's over everything. He's great and good, and I'm not. Guys, to die without Christ is to be separated from him in hell for eternity. But that God that we've talked about so far came for us. No other world religion says this. Every other world religion is do enough good things and you'll get to God. The hard thing is you just don't know what the score is by the time that you're 80. Like, am I doing enough good things? Have I done enough? Is it, is it tight? Is it close? Because it's not just the things you did, but even the things that you didn't know you were supposed to do. So now you're just living. Actually, you're not living. You're just existing. You're trying to make sure that you do enough good things. You're never at peace. Friends, he's before all things, and in him all things hold together. In verse 18, he is the head of the body, the church. Friends, he's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. Now, just for a second, those of you who call yourselves followers of Jesus, if you're not a Christ follower, just listen. We're going to get pretty straight up and real. Jesus is supposed to be preeminent. You know what that means, the word preeminent? Top dog. Nothing is close to him. Nothing. No one. Guys, he is supposed to be the most important thing, being, person in our lives. Is he? Or did we quote unquote just accept him into our life? He can just come to be with me and he'll do everything that I want to do. And and then when something goes bad, I can tell him to fix it and And yet I just don't see in the scriptures that that's what God's about. Yes, he responds to prayer, and he is so loving and caring, and yet haven't you ever prayed and realized that what you prayed for didn't happen? By a show of hands, how many prayed and they still died? So did God fail? Did God mess up? Did he not hear you? Is he just vengeful? Or is God doing a greater work than we could ever imagine using whatever it is that he wants to and needs to in order to bring us closer into intimacy with him? And yes, some of it is so hard. But friends, he is so good. 
but he's to be preeminent. I, I promise you this. Guys, love Jesus most, and you'll love people best. You love Jesus most, and you'll love people best. I always use this with, in premarital counseling or marriage counseling or reminding myself. Like my wife's not here yet. She'll be here on uh, tomorrow with my other son, my other. Tyler's in the back. He's the big, huge, tall, redhead kid that's walking around. Looks like my bodyguard. Um, but I could drop him. Doesn't matter. Okay, so I'm just joking. But here's what I need to remind myself of often. Love Love Jesus most so that I could love Kelly best. But I do not exist for my wife. Like, you're a sucky husband. Guys, 24 years in, we're doing pretty well. And my wife doesn't want me to love her. She doesn't want me to love her most. Why? Because we both are about Jesus. It's about him. It's weird when you love him first, everything starts to somewhat fit. It doesn't mean everything's perfect. It doesn't feel perfect. Not every situation turns out the way that you want it to, but it turns out the way that God wants it to, which is for our good. I'll close with this. John chapter 1, verse 14. This word that we've talked about became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. It's both and. And usually we live in one of those lands. Some of you guys are all about truth. I love truth, 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 truth. And others are all about grace, which pretty much means, ah, you can do whatever you want. And Jesus is the fullness of both, grace and truth. And in John chapter 14, and this is where we'll close, I promise. I mean, it's not like the pastor going, uh, we're going to close in 45 minutes. It's not like that. John 14, verse 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way. I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He's it. Brian, are you saying there's only one? Yep, I didn't make it up. How could you actually believe that? Because the dude that pulled off Easter is worth it. The guy that predicts his own death and his own resurrection and pulls it off, yeah, he's got something to say. I'm gonna go with him. So here's what you do. You have a, you have a choice. One, you can either run away from him you can live life indifferent to him. You can think that you can stand against him. Or you can bow and worship him. All I'm asking, wherever you are in the spectrum, friends, will you give Jesus a week? Give him a week. Will you give him a week to make an impact? Some of you are, like, some of you are already, nope. Why so quick to know? Are you afraid that he's going to do something? Is it fear? Is it anger? Is it lazy? Like, what is it? Is it, I've been hurt. I get that. But hey, maybe give him a week to see what he does. For those that I've loved him for a long time, it's not like, oh, I'm out of it. I already love him. No, give him a week so he can take you deeper. And this is for every student, every volunteer, youth worker, every youth pastor, every Hume staff member, myself. Will we give God a week to see what it is that he's done? Because none of us have arrived. We're all in process. Will you give him a week? I'm going to close this in prayer. And if you say, God, I'll give you a week. I'm not going to make you stand. What I'm going to ask you to do, if you'll give him a week, you're, when I begin to pray, you're just going to take your hands, palm up, put it in your lap, both hands. 
just going to put them on your put them on your lap when i pray and say god i'll give you a week but you have to engage you come here you're listening you're in you're in uh, in your cabin discussions you're answering questions you're asking questions you're engaged in the process deal cool all right can i pray let me pray Father, for those who have our palms up, we want to give you a week. God, do something that will change us. God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are beyond us. You're bigger than us. And we may not understand you. We may not get you. We may not be able to explain you. But God, I'm honestly so thankful for that. I'm so thankful that you're beyond my ability to comprehend because you are worthy of worship. So God, thank you. You're incredible. And I pray for these students as they have their first day of camp. Father, I pray that as they laugh, as they're playing, that they would remember that God, you created laughter, you created play, you created fun. God, draw them closer to you through that. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone who agrees says, amen. Love you more than you know.